The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. You're listening to Pure Rock Radio. Feed your addiction. Tonight's episode of Radioactive Metal is dedicated to the memories of anthropic guitarist Brian Pattinson, Erg Hall vocalist Tonder Nafoss, and Winnipeg punk rock promoter Some Guy Michael Lambert. This is Brian Kingsland from Nile and Imperishable, and you're listening to Radioactive Metal. Radioactive Metal. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Kareen, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a King of the Hill episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 635, and I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. And dear listeners, this month, the month of December, where you are, hopefully it's cold and snowy, and you're having like a really nice Christmas, unless you hate snow, and then hopefully you're not getting any... But I would like to see some snow. And if you're going to have snow, you got to stay warm. And that's why you need a cup of True Cult Coffee. T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com. The most metal, the most black coffee, the heaviest metal coffee out there. Right? Like, if you like your coffee black, it doesn't get any blacker. This is so black. When you look into your coffee cup, it's like peering into the abyss of space. Into a black hole. No light can escape from it. Oh, and I just made the grapefruit as I said that. The invisible grapefruit. I'm so proud. Yes. I didn't even like oh. realize I was doing it. But um, so T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com. Now, Snowy, can you say what you said earlier off air about the music? Because I, I, I can't say it as fluently as you did. Well, I saw that in the month of December, when you go to True Cavalt Coffee and you hit the proper subscription... And all that. Anytime you subscribe throughout the month of December, True Cavalt Coffee is working in conjunction with our good buddies at Reaper Metal Productions. Of course, we've had Reaper on the show more than once. We'll definitely have him on again. And we've played all of those wicked bands on Reaper Metal Productions. And of course, Reaper is a part of Hell's Headbangers. 
and all that as you can see around here we are all one big happy family you subscribe to true cobalt coffee this month of december and they are going to set you up with a cd courtesy of reaper metal productions yeah, so, that's pretty yeah. awesome and i think that's actually going all month because normally like it's a subscriber the 14th this mm -hmm. feels like an all month thing and i'm glad you said the conjunction part because that's what i wanted to say so i could say conjunction junction what's your function <laughs> um and i couldn't remember how you use the word conjunction there so yeah okay. Conjunction, okay. junction what's your function <laughs> I know I'm going to be re-upping, and I hope Reaper sends me that new Hellraiser CD. Oh, hell yeah. That's what and I'm Beer talking. drinkers and Hellraisers. You betcha. You betcha. Yeah, so True Cavalt Coffee, T T R V E K V L T coffee.com to get all of your wonderful coffee and metal goodness. Made for um, metalheads by metalheads. By metalheads. Yeah, yeah. Conjured yeah. in the black of night. Hotter than a church in Norway. It is hotter than a church in Norway. I need to bust out that T-shirt for this holiday season. That's oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. We have got an incredibly jammed, packed episode. We got a one kick-ass creature feature. Okay, we're going to have a couple topics of interest in our discussion. I'm really excited about this week's. Um, indie spotlight uh, unfortunately though before we get into all of that as you heard on the top of the hop it has been a rather rough week yeah man in the metal world it all started um i, I don't know at the beginning of the week when i had found out that um vocalist and guitarist um trunder nefos from Erghal had passed away erg hall is a cool black metal band signed on uh, with season of mist i don't think we've ever played them up until uh today we'll get to one of the tracks in honor of them um but it's yeah it's just it's, it's just unfortunate it took you know the man passing away um before we finally got to playing them so uh, radioactive metal of course gives our condolences to the nefos household as well brian pattinson the guitarist for anthropic passed away anthropic really cool very influential grindcore band as i found out it wasn't too exactly too familiar with the gentleman or anthropic tries i might i can't be into absolutely everybody Okay, but my Facebook just lit up. Like, I have a lot of friends in established bands that were mourning his loss and just saying how, what a fantastic oh, good a guy he is. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like I looked, I looked more and more into everything. And sure enough, I, I could see why, you know, everyone was, um, why everyone was mourning him and putting him over so much so yeah that's too bad and finally of course radioactive metal gives our condolences to the pattinson family and all of our you know all of our listeners that 
let me know about this. Obviously, he was really well loved by the metal community. So our condolences to all of our friends as well. And finally, um, there was a tragic death here on the local Winnipeg music front. Local punk promoter Mike Lambert passed away. I just got the news last night as we speak. And yeah, that really kind of hit hard. I I knew Miss, Mr. Lambert. You know, I've hung, I hung out with him a couple times at Bulldogs and at house shows and at a couple house parties and all that. But just that was only like within the last couple years. I don't know why. You know, we just never cross paths to the best of our knowledge until, like I said, the last couple of years. But yeah, just I just got to know him. He was an absolutely incredible guy and he is going to be missed. So not only we're going to give my condolences to the Lambert family, but just the Winnipeg punk music scene in general like i believe you know there is a handful of us that what i call you know the old guard you know the father figures the paternal the punk paternal figures you know the medicare punk rockers (laughs) right 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 and mr lambert was definitely uh one of them my earliest remember my earliest memory of just moving to winnipeg as a teenager Moved here in 1985. I couldn't wait to get downtown as soon as I got settled to try to find, you know, where all the record shops are. And there was a hell of a lot more back then. So I'm running around downtown and one of my the one of my first memories of Winnipeg is seeing an old uh, is seeing a flyer for an upcoming Dayglo abortions gig. Okay, and it was in a club. There was no way I would have been able to get in. Um, but it was presented by the promotional the promotional company Some Guy. Just you know, this show is put on by Some Guy. Ha ha! I get it. That's very clever. Okay. Well, as it turned out, you know, over the years I had learned that Mr. Lambert was indeed Some Guy. So you know, he's going to be one of my you know he'll always be one of my first memories. In, you know, that roundabout way of just the Winnipeg music scene and all that. So he will definitely be Miss Condolences once again. I'm curious, how how old was he? I'm not sure. He was older than I am. Not, Not by much, though. Well, I was wondering if he was promoting shows in 85. Like, I would figure he'd have to be, you know, at least 18 at that time, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he would. He would have been in his early 20s by then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, which, by the way, now that I think about it, I've uh, I've, I've got my buddy Jack here in my Motorhead mug. And to Mr. Lambert, thank you for everything and salute, my friend. All right. Oh, what did I lose you? No, I'm just like oh, okay. being uh, respectful and offering a moment <laughs> of silence. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. It's a bummer, um, man. It is. It is. But you know what? We're going to turn things around here by saying hello, horns up, and happy birthday to Alartha. 
Alartha is the bassist um, from Nocturnal Departure, the Winnipeg black metal band sign on to Redefining Darkness. You may recall at the beginning of the year, one of our first creature features of 2020. As a matter of fact, I went to their jam space and hung out with them and had a kick-ass interview, and she turns <clears throat> today. So, happy birthday, my friend, and many more. Before we get on with everything, how about we pay tribute to our fallen comrade here with a couple songs. How about an Erg Hall song from their latest record, Aeons in Sodom? This is Blood of the Legion.
been very busy this week. Here's our metal fix. Once again, our condolences to the Pattinson family. That is Anthropics, the title track from their latest record, Architects of Aggression. That man will sorely be missed, obviously, but uh, that was some kick-ass stuff. And I hope Anthropic, you know, goes on and continues to make kick-ass music in his memory. Speaking of kick-ass music, dude, what's going on? Oh, man. It has been a crazy week. Like, mm-hmm. I, it's been one of those weeks where all of a sudden it was Friday. I'm like, man, how'd this happen? Um, I watched Prometheus this week. Have you seen that one? One like no, a prequel no. to the Alien movies? To the Aliens, yeah. No, it's on the list, though. I really should. It's good. I don't want to spoil it for you, but I really appreciate the themes. And I, I like the questions it's asking and that kind of stuff. So when you see it, we'll talk about it. Um, do you remember back around Halloween time, I got a game called One Night Ultimate Werewolf? Yes. So I finally um, figured out how to play it. Because I'm a slow burn when it comes to figuring out these things. And um, we played it as a family. And holy crap, is it a ton of fun. Like, my kids loved it. We played a game. They're like, let's do it again. Because they're like short games. Like I think the game right. is like a 10-minute game tops. So you can play it multiple times in a row. And then the more you play it, like the dynamic kind of changes. Because it's kind of a game on deception. Like, if you're the werewolf, you're trying to convince people you're not the werewolf. Mm-hmm. Um, that clue. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's a blast, man. So, like, we just had a great time playing that. I'm looking forward to, like, having bigger um, parties with it and next Halloween. But, yeah. And then, um, because you were raving about it, I checked out Diamond Head's Lightning to All Nations re-record. Because mm-hmm. I wanted to hear them covering Metallica's... Um... Oh, darn it. Nope. No remorse. Thank you. I'm like, I know it. I was listening to it. And you know what's funny? It fits in so well with that album, you could have sworn it was a Diamond Head song. Yeah, well, for sure. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. Like, the, the influence is definitely there. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, it just maybe, it fits in so well. It's like, wow. <laughs> maybe how, you know, Slade put um, Quiet Riot on the map. Yeah. Okay. Maybe we have to start thinking in terms of uh, Diamond Head helped put Metallica on the map. Oh, I I, yeah. Big, big well, influence. They covered all the songs. Like, hey, maybe, maybe. What about it, Lars? So my favorite Diamond Head song is Helpless. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize that it was on their first album. Um, and can, can we just like talk about the lyrics of that song for a second and the boldness of putting that particular song on your first album? Well... If you're an artist, you know, go. It's your first album. You know, but you, I mean, you like, want to make a splash. Yeah, but I mean, when you think about the lyrics, like, um, you know, he's basically talking about like, there's nothing else he can do. You know, and it's like I, every night alone, I sing these songs just for fun. Like, like you know, only time will tell if this is my destiny or whatever. You know, music is my destiny. And I, I think about that. I think about the artist putting that on their first album and be like, no, this this is what I was born to do. This is what I'm going to do. And then think about the impact that has again 
when it's released on the 590 p mm-hmm. right after Cliff dies. Right. You know, like thinking about that, it's just like that was that was like drawing your line in the sand like nope nope we're gonna make it we're gonna be huge you know mm-hmm. it was like they're more determined than ever to, to be like nope screw you guys we are gonna be huge you know it's a good way of looking at it yeah, yeah i just i just think find it so stinking powerful man like i absolutely love love that song mm-hmm. it's just such such a great song so well written i I know it's probably blasphemy to some people, but I actually do prefer the Metallica version. Um, <laughs> I just, I just like the groove they put to it. It's a little more edgy, but anyway, that's that's all I got this week, man. What's going on with you, brother? All right on, right on. Now I'm glad you had a chance to check that out. Yeah, if, if that was, if if that wasn't like a a re-record, you know, and I put it over big time last week, so I'm not going to get into it too much, too much. But if that was a brand new record from today, like that would definitely be in, uh, in, uh, up in my running for record of the year oh, yeah. in our, in, in our Rammy awards. It's a very timeless uh-huh. record. Oh, for sure. It didn't sure. feel and dated. I, like, not at all. I love how it got the new, uh, the new, the new, it was, it was one of those records that, like we said last week, did need, you know, or giving it the new coat of paint yeah. really did, did, didn't bring it down in any way at all. Um, myself, it was simple enough in terms of my metal fix. I spent last Saturday afternoon record shopping now the record shops are closed so i was doing but they're essential snowy well you would think so like fuck you you know like you you would think that vinyl metal vinyl is essential and all that so whatever's going on in the world snowy needs his fix you know like the liquor stores are open the cannabis stores are open for the very reason that people suffer withdrawal you know, people pe- people could seriously, you know, cause health problems. You know, well, what about Snowy here? You know, like I I need my usual influx of new music. Something's gonna go wrong here. So uh, I agree. But not to make light of anyone's addictions or anything. We just like to have a good time. But with um, instead, but you know, like I said, the record stores are closed. So I did. I made a couple um personal purchases from some people within the scene that were kind of selling off some of their vinyl. I picked up two um, two vinyls from uh, the band McGurter Grind. Really cool, legendary grindcore band. I picked up their self-titled record and their 10-inch EP Crusher, okay, which... I love that because remember, oh, back in the late '80s, there was that grind crusher that when when Earache was putting out Napalm Death and Carcass and all of those cool bands from England, Bolt Thrower and all that, and Morbid Angel, they had that grind crusher compilation, this legendary record from back then. Well, <laughs> McGurder Grind. Thought they were being clever by calling their EP Crusher, McGurda Grind Crusher. Oh, nice. How can you not buy that? Especially since it's 10-inch and really sweet red vinyl. So it's like, oh, man, for sure. I will grab that. The self-titled McGurda Grind record 
had clear yellow vinyl as well. And this is this is how how Mrs. Snowy how she shares the music with me because she's not into like the brutal music anymore. But whenever I buy a new record, you know, she's right there. Let's see it. Let's see it. And she's kind of disappointed. Open it up. And if it's just black vinyl, she's like, Oh, because she wants you, she wants to see, you know, a really nice, you know, a really nice vinyl, whether it's marble or colored or, you know, spectacle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple other really cool records from the same buyer. The uh, Backtrack album, Darker Half, and the New York hardcore band Incendiary, Their Cost of Living record. Really, really cool stuff. Before we caught up with that gentleman to buy some of his shit, I caught up with my good buddy Ducky. He of uh, my co-host over at Wrestling Night in Canada, and just one of my good buddies, just in general, he was kind of selling some stuff. It's like, okay, okay, what do you got? What do you got? All right, okay. From him, I picked up um, the uh, Chthonic Cult, Polish black metal band, their debut, and their only record so far, I Am the Scourge. Of eternity, which I believe earlier this year we kind of played that record kind of for shits and giggles as well. I bought a CD off him from the band Vantic. Now, who Vantic are? Speaking of Reaper Metal Productions, although Vantic aren't exactly on that label, they are really closely connected to Reaper Metal because they Vantic is uh, fronted by one Paul Vantic, who hails from the uh, Cleveland scene, good friends with the folks at Reaper Metal and at Hell's Headbangers and all that. And as well, he is the guitarist for the band Midnight, which when Midnight was in town, I didn't really know who Paul Vantic was at the time. We spoke to Athenar and, you know, we played the new Midnight record earlier today so i'm finding all of this stuff out and it's like okay this is really great you know this is definitely a band that we got to not only play but we have to get paul vantic on the show and while i'm going further into this record just simply entitled three as i'm listening to this kick-ass record i'm doing you know my due 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 diligence with the band and i found find out that one ed stevens is the bassist for Vantic. Ed Stevens also is in the band Ringworm. Okay, oh, wow. for the more for the more modern fan. Oh, I know, eh? Oh, shit, I didn't even know that. And back in the 80s, okay, there was a really cool band out of the Cleveland area, obviously, called Shock Paris. If I remember that. that. Yeah, yeah. You probably you, I'm sure you saw the ads in Hit Prater or in circus maybe metal hammer or whatnot but yeah yeah they were they kind of had their heyday back then so i'm like okay not only are we getting you know mr vantic on the horn we have to get mr stevens on the phone and you know talk about ringworm and more importantly let's talk some shock paris back then you know (laughs) you know that old schooler in me really started to uh nerd out 
there. Um, Ducky set me up with a Maniac Butcher t-shirt, the cool black metal band. And if I say the word toque to you, do you know what a toque is? Well, I do, thanks to the 12 Days of Christmas by um, Bob <laughs> and um, the other McKenzie. McKenzie Bob and Doug McKenzie. Yeah, Bob yeah, and Doug McKenzie. Yeah. Yeah, a golden toque. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean, I didn't. I really understand what it was probably to like the last few years. Right, right. Because yeah. a toque, yes, a toque is a winter hat. You Americans would probably call it a beanie. I would call it a tassel cap. I don't know where this beanie crap came <laughs> a, from. A tassel cap. I never even heard that. You never heard tassel cap. No. I feel like Western Pennsylvania was its own like country at times. <laughs> It would have had to have been. Yeah, it's a tassel cap. Tassel cap. Okay, everyone I know, I'm asking if they've heard of a tassel cap. Okay, I, let, let's 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 get in on this. Let's find out. <laughs> right on, because right on. That's what we call we we call it a tassel cap. I, you know what? I wonder if it's because like a lot of times it had like the little like puffy, um, shaggy ball on top. Yeah, but, the um, pom pom. Yeah, yeah, the pom pom. That's what it was a tassel cap. But then awesome. without the um tassel cap like the beanie kind of thing um that one my mom just called my longshoreman's hat right okay fair enough fair yeah. enough yeah yeah i could see that well anyways ducky set remember last week we had that conversation about slaughter and how they invented the hm2 pedal or that sound <laughs> They didn't invent you know, the pedal, but I get where okay. I get where you're but, going. But you, you know, this is <laughs> this is like me me talking gears, like me talking computers. Oh, this is great, you know, and all that. I'll try, but you know. <laughs> but anyways, anyways, yes, he set me up with a slaughter dossel cap or tossel cap. That's awesome. Know. Yeah, that is that is awesome, and like the weather has gotten better now though like this the snow is melting the weather the last couple of days ever since you know he set me up with this slaughter beanie okay the weather has gotten nice and there, there's no shows there's no place cool to go to okay and for some reason I, I kind of like let it slip that i was kind of bothered you know that the weather was nice because i had no place cool to wear my slaughter toss a cap <laughs> to and mrs snowy she's like what the fuck is wrong with you? Like the weather is gorgeous out there. You're you're, you're complaining. You got no place to wear your toque. You know. <laughs> I, I totally get it though. <laughs> yeah. Totally yeah. That was, that was just one of those moments where she just. <sighs> what did I get myself into? I know what I wanted to ask you because I was thinking about this. Um, by any chance, did you happen to find your uh, World War II surplus gas mask to wear with your toque? Oh. <laughs> no, 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 not, 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 not yet. I got to make sure. I got to once the United Army surplus stores reopen for business, I'm gonna have to check it out. I was looking them up online. They're like they're cheaper than some of the other masks that are out there. Really? Yeah, like like, like um, somebody was selling one for like twenty bucks. You can get some for like 50 bucks. I'm like, it's probably going to work better and it's going to scare the shit out of people. Um, <laughs> and so I'm, I'm like seriously considering ordering one just so I can terrorize my neighborhood. Yeah, I definitely think that would work. And of course, go back to our last episode where we spoke extensively about neighborhood terrorization with the, <laughs> with the, with this great idea. 
And finally, I want to get to some tunes here. This is really surprise. Speaking of terrorizing people, okay, and this EP dropped, okay, courtesy of War Records. Okay, that's uh, Andrew from Strife. That's his label, really cool hard hardcore label. Okay, there was no word about this at all until the other day when this record came out. The day it was released was the day they announced it. New Terror EP, Sink to the Hell dropped it's like oh my god this this is awesome like there's just just surprise here's a new terror ep oh thank you metal god it's <laughs> that that's that awesome absolutely... yeah that is that is really cool yeah yeah and so i'm going to be getting into the title track to that as well another really cool well they call it an ep but it's only two songs it's more or less it's a 45 a... <laughs> yeah yeah pretty pretty much pretty much but the thrash band high command their um new two-song ep single everlasting torment available now courtesy of southern lord records and the seven inch will be available early next week really really cool predominantly metal thrash sound but i think if you're going to go out and grab the new terror, you might want to grab the high, the new high command as well. So to back up that point, let's uh, get into some tunage. How about that new terror? This is sink to the hell. Make it out on your own 
is the title track, or I guess side A, I guess, of The Everlasting Torment from High Command. As I said, available now, but you might want to wait. Grab the 7-inch physical thingy next year, early next year. Looking so forward to that. Okay, dude. You're in the Carolinas. You're in South Carolina. That is the rumor, yes. Mm-hmm. How close are you to Greenville? I am approximately like probably two and a half hours southeast of Greenville. Two and a half to three hours. Because I've driven up there a couple times for work. Um, it's, a ni- it's a nice area. It, it really is. Um, but that's where... Our, so... Is college football, and I mean like American style football, a thing where where you are college sports in general? Um, not really. No, for university and all that. Like the 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 only time you know there's any real TV coverage is the Vanier Cup, which is like the college cup championships okay. in in football and that's the only time it really gets televised on any national level yeah we have college hockey we have university football we have all that but the only people really watching are moms and girlfriends of the player Dude, <laughs> so i'm sorry to say college football here is just as bad if not oh. worse at times than oh, yeah than the nfl you know it's brutal hundreds of thousands of people like yeah. i've I've heard of a football game having a hundred thousand people. Yeah, there's um, you know? there's a guy I work with. His name's Ray, and I absolutely love this man. Like he's just a great guy. But he is the biggest Clemson fan I've ever met. To the point when other people try to tell me they're a Clemson fan, like I'll show them a picture of his truck. I'm like, no, you're really no, not. This is. <laughs> yeah, like, like no, you got to see this because, um, because he 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 was fortunate enough to move up to Greenville with work, and um like he's now closer to Clemson. He had season tickets anyway, cause he's a diehard fan and he's like, he's loving it. So we met for lunch the one time I was up there and I'm like, Oh, I wonder if he's here. And I'm looking around the parking lot and all of a sudden I see this truck just covered in purple and orange. I'm like, Oh yeah, Ray's here. Cause that's the colors, you know? And the two big colleges, right? This is, this is a bit of a, a long story, but I promise there's a, there's a point here. So the two big colleges here are Clemson, and USC, the University of South Carolina. So Clemson has a tiger as their mascot. USC has a chicken as their mascot, right? <laughs> also known as a gamecock. And mm-hmm. there's not there's nothing funnier than seeing somebody with a mask on that just says go cox. It's like, <laughs> really? You're gonna put cox right across your mouth? Like, are you thinking this through? Anyway. Apparently not, yeah. Anyway, so Snowy, if you grew up in the 80s, and I don't know what it was like in Canada, but for anybody here in the U.S. growing up, between the tiger and the rooster, it's like a civil war broke out in the Kellogg's factory, right? I've got Tony the tiger on one side. I got the Kellogg's cornflakes rooster on the other side. Uh That that is what it's like all football season. Wow. Yes, yes, I know you guys. You guys are psychotic about your football. I know, I know. That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. We didn't even have a CFL season, Canadian Football League. We didn't uh, have compact even, fluorescent. You know, we didn't yeah. even have. We didn't even have a season. You know, up here, 
because of the whole COVIDness and all that. So, um, more importantly, do you know what comes out of Greenville? Um, I feel like I should know this okay. or have a witty answer. <laughs> okay, well, the metal band Nile comes out. The legendary death wow. metal band Nile came uh, comes out of. Uh, Greenville. Um, a couple of years ago, one Brian Kingsland joined um, Nile on the guitar. Finished, can, you know, finished their lineup for their latest record from last year. Well, right now, Mr. Kingsland is making the rounds, supporting his um, kind of side project of sorts, Imperishable. Okay, this is really cool. Cool, really cool death death metal band, but it's not like a Nile clone. He's not just trying to, uh, you know, ride on the coattails of his more established brethren. He wants to do his own thing. Okay, I can respect that, and let's get him on the horn. So we did. We had a fantastic chat with Mr. Kingsland, not only just about the band and about metal in general, but like I said in the interview, okay, <laughs> I, I also know what comes out of the Carolinas, okay? And we had a really funny chat about that, which I should really, <laughs> I should also, let's just put it this way, without spoiling it, Okay, that answer that he gives me, ah, <laughs> I should I should maybe put it on, uh, send it over to our good buddy Matt Copper over at Wrestle Night in Canada for a nice little sound clip. I think that might work. So without further ado, let's get into tonight's creature feature with Mr. Brian Kingsland from Nile, and for tonight's purposes, more importantly imperishable to get us there how about their well right now they're just pushing the first single off of what will be their ep revelation impurity next year this is exclusion continuum
First and foremost, the question that I've been asking ever since the kind of the world went to hell, the first question I've been asking is like, how are you doing personally, physically, health wise? Health wise, I mean, I'm I'm great. Um, I uh, I started a workout regimen a couple years ago. Um, really, whenever I quit smoking, I guess that was about two and a half, almost three years ago. Uh, to kind of help me get through it. And I've kind of just maintained that. Um, I think maybe my diet has maybe got, I've maybe fell off a little bit with my diet. Um, but yeah, I'm fine. You know, I'm, I, I stay pretty fit, man, for the most part. Right on, right on. Yeah, with 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 the whole COVIDness going on, like that's always in the back of my head. Like with everyone, you know, it's like, oh, everyone's doing well and all that. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people, I know a lot of people have a hard time with it, um, especially like weightlifters and stuff, because a lot of gyms have closed. But fortunately, <laughs> um, I, I bought a bunch of weights and a bunch of equipment uh, years ago. So I've got literally a home gym you know minus the big thousand dollar machines or whatever but uh yeah anyway yeah. right on right on okay um i guess where we should kind of start is maybe give a little bit of an intro like a little mini vibe bio like our listeners will know you from having joined nile but imperishable might be a new name on their radar so maybe you could give a little a little bit of info, a little bit of bio, just what they might need to know to kind of get us there. Um, as far as the, the imperishable thing? Right. Um, well, it's, I mean, it's kind of just a, uh, an outlet side project. Um, uh, I, I guess, you know, to give it a rundown, um, I'm, I'm always writing, man. I've always, um, every idea that I think is worth tracking. Uh, I've, you know, just hit record and track ideas all the time. And, um, after the Nile record came out, Vile Nilotic Rights, and we did a couple tours, you know, I had some other ideas that didn't really fit. And, uh, being on tour and playing guitar all the time, uh, had quite a bit of ideas and just stuff accumulated over, um, over the years. And, you know, it's kind of, as an artist, I mean, what else is it going to do? I'm just going to sit here and listen to it? Nah, I think that, you know, let's, once you find some ideas that sound like they live next to each other, um, that they could be a song. And then before I knew it, I had like three or four songs and I was like, you know, I'm just going to put some stuff out. Um, and it's slow. I mean, it, it's not, uh, you know, some serious major band that I'm trying to start here. It's just, uh, you know, just being an artist, get, getting out some tunes that um, I enjoy. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to try to make it fit the vein of, of say, Nile, uh, because Nile has a dedicated fan base and a certain sound. Mm -hmm. And even though they have, um, they have accepted um, my my musicality and uh the things that i bring to the songwriting but with that said like i can't you know i'm not going to try to make something fit into a nile vein that doesn't naturally sound that way and uh 
and that's not really the point. Like whenever I sit down and start writing, I like to just let things flow rather than just have like a mapped out guideline. Um, and that's kind of what I'm dealing with here. So the, it's a lot more um, less technical guitar work, uh, still fast and still aggressive, um, but less less technical guitar work, a little more of a blackened um, singe to it. I, I guess, I guess, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, and and, and uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's pretty much it. You know, I'm just um, writing riffs, tracking them as I go. Uh, whenever you know, whenever I have time. I mean, technically, we've got an EP that's kind of ready to put out, but um, we're taking our time, man. Especially with Christmas, and uh, you know, everybody's got these chaotic personal lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no <You know>. doubt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like everybody is working on music right now. I mean, everybody, because every musician in the world is uh, basically stuck at home. Definitely, so mm-hmm. everybody's like working on something, whether it be their their main band or you know a different project or whatever. I mean, I know lots of musicians are doing a lot of different things right now. So, yeah. For sure, for sure. That's actually, it's kind of been advantageous for this show because the majority of our interviews are um, at the venue when they come through town, backstage, on the bus, wherever, (laughs) and all that. No one's touring, so I'm doing a lot of interviews with bands that aren't necessarily coming to the middle of Canada, and I'm getting the opportunity, so I'm finding a silver lining here in all this uh, bleakness. Well, and it's it's good to have people uh, like yourself who are still, um, you know, reaching out and trying to uh, to talk to people. Well, and, thank you. I you appreciate know, that. Heavy metal is still very much alive. You betcha. You betcha. <laughs> Everyone's kind of doing their part. What happens with this band, though, if um, a label starts sniffing around, like a like a prosthetic, a profound lore or labels, a southern lore, something like that? Is in Paris ready to go? Um, in terms of touring, um, it's certainly not my priority. Um, you know, if a label wants to um, wants to put some stuff out, then I'm more than happy to work with them. In terms of mainly the distribution and mm-hmm. the reach, because otherwise, you know, you I mean, you can only promote through like Facebook or something, and that's worthless. But uh, in terms of touring, um, you know, that's not even a certainty with uh, larger bands. So I don't even think that uh, me saying on a small scale that anything else I have going on, I'd be able to tour. And secondly to that, you know, we've all uh, we all live in different states as uh-huh. well. So it would be a little difficult, you know, to get shows together. But I, I don't really think I think it's a little too early for that anyway. All right, but, uh, all right, right. Speaking of states, you have you are you are in South Carolina. I am indeed. And my co-host is he lives near Charleston. We do this over the Skype. He's okay. uh, he's he's there. I'm in Canada, and he's told me for metal. There is nothing in the Carolinas at all. What is this scene there like? Well, there's a scene to a degree. Um, 
some great bands have come from uh, you know when you say Carolinas you know you're putting together North and South Carolina mm -hmm. and uh, I would say that North Carolina definitely has a plethora of great bands that have come out um, in terms of South Carolina I can't really point and say that there's been a whole lot of great bands um, Nile Lecherous Nocturne um, and a ha maybe a handful of others but there there is a scene um, the real issue is that there's not a lot of venues mm. you know there's there's plenty of bands um, but Ground Zero is one of the only venues there's another one uh, the radio room um, up the road from where I am uh, Columbia's got uh, New Brooklyn Tavern so there's people that like to play it and be in the bands, but there's not a lot of people that come out to the shows. I mean, really. Um, it seems like metal has actually maybe died down a little bit in terms of a turnout mm -hmm. in in the, in the Carolinas, that's for sure. Because I can remember seeing Slayer at Ground Zero and the place being packed. And, uh, God, that was 15, 15 years ago. I'm... I'm uh, digressing, I realize that, but well, that's, all, that's all part of it. That's kind of what I do. Uh, there, there is a scene, you know, not to name a whole lot of other bands, but there are. Um, it's, you know, there's so many different genres of metal, which I hate to really divide it up, but there are, mm -hmm. and um, so the new the new school cats kind of have their thing, you know. The older guys don't go out to shows as much anymore, ah. <laughs> you know. But uh, it, your your buddy, uh, your co-host, he is correct in a way that uh, usually bands skip right over South Carolina because mm. I think it's really that, that there's just not a whole lot of venues um, other than Ground Zero, which the bands do still stop there. Um, but there's definitely not like a booming scene like a, you know, Nashville or Atlanta or Tampa, certainly. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm sure it's probably the same for you, um, I would imagine. Well, the last 10 years or so has really, really, t Winnipeg has really taken off because um, just through the work of our promoter, like our local promoter, He's just he right. puts so much time, and he brings in like bands that he knows. Okay, it, it, we're lucky if this even breaks even, you know. But he's just found a business model that, you know, he can lose lose money on three bands, but one big band comes through that'll pay for those three losses, and he gets people like myself to volunteer to come out and move gear and stuff like that I, and, yeah, yeah I see. so yeah I see. It, it does actually work just the problem with winnipeg is it's six to eight hours to another city in every direction so it's like it's it's tough it's tough i see i mean we're kind of in the middle of uh charlotte and atlanta which there's definitely bigger scenes there so um it, it seems that bands tend to choose to go there right you know but I, I think that, uh, you know, staying relevant to a newer crowd, too, this is a little off subject, but, uh, you know, if you're not creating new fans, um, 
you know, it's it's hard to stay relevant, mm-hmm. I, I think, for like any band. And uh, times change, man, and people want to hear a different sound, you know? Like, it, like the old school death metal sound is kind of not really sought after as much in today's youth, right. I think. So, and the young people are generally the ones that come out to shows. Um, but we're also in the YouTube age, so why go to a show when you just look it up? <laughs> well, I'm I'm an old schooler. I'm 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 pushing fifty now, but I'm at more shows, you know, through volunteering and all that. I'm at more shows than people half my age and all that. So right, and and, I, and I'm not I'm I'm not saying that uh, you know, that the old school cats don't come out, but I guess my uh, in general speaking, you know, when you have kids and all that stuff, you can't necessarily go out drinking with the boys. Right. All time, you know? <laughs> that I learned. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm pushing forty, and uh, I don't get to go as many shows, especially this year. But even before this year, I didn't get to go to as many shows as I would have liked. Just this, you know, that's life. It you is. Know, you, it is. You can't make it sometimes. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Um. Jo- joining Nile, okay. Were you uh like you joined in two thousand eighteen, and I believe your first record, as you mentioned, Vile Nelotic Rights. Yes. Um. Um. It was well. The first tour was two thousand seventeen. Okay. And uh, I'd actually started auditioning in the latter half of two thousand sixteen. Um, yeah, so anyway, around there, uh, I've only, I've done one record with the band, yeah. What was the question? Oh, I was just, we're talking about it now. You, you're joining Nile. Um, were you a fan going into, you know, the auditions? Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm from, basically, I live 30 minutes from Carl, and, uh, yeah, being from the upstate, a metalhead from the upstate, of course. Nile is like the, you know, the heroes uh-huh. of the metal community, I guess. So, yeah, of course I was a fan. Right, right. And I guess you've seen them live and all that. Like, the first time you were on stage with them, you must have been like, oh, wow, this is awesome. Yeah, um, the first show was in Philadelphia at the Trocadero I think, but it was kind of a blur. Uh, but yeah, it, it was. Um, there was a lot of preparation for that, and um, I had seen the band live um, several times, you know, through the years. And uh, yeah, so it's it's an honor to play with, um, you know, legends of of death metal, mm-hmm. and to you know uh, honor previous members also too and try to do the music justice so that fans are still accepting and uh, I like to think that um, that Carl and George are good judges of talent that I wouldn't be here if uh, if I didn't have something to bring to the table you know Mm -hmm. but I mean that's also there's a certain confidence to it too I mean you can't really like to go into this kind of music you have to have to be able to play it and get up there and do it you have to have some confidence about yourself to be able to you know grab the bull by the horns and okay let's go and you know when it comes down to it i mean my god i've been practicing for this role for uh 
a long time in other bands, you know, singing and playing guitar. So it wasn't it wasn't like the job was necessarily new to me, but uh, the stage and the platform was what was so new, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess there's a lot of difference in terms of uh, scheduling, and now you're working with a tour manager, and it's just everything is everything is just so much bigger at that point when you, when you take that step up. It it is um, the pressure is higher, but from the musician's point, from my point of view, especially as a a newer band member it's actually it's a little less work because whenever you're touring in a a van um as an unsigned band i mean dude you're doing it all Mm -hmm. i mean you're buying merch you're hiring people to design stuff you're recording everything by yourself and uh getting stuff printed and promoting and booking shows and doing all the driving and barely sleeping and uh, so whenever you're, you know, in a larger, larger band on a bus, you know, you have a manager and you have a tour manager and you have a merch girl and you have techs and you have, you know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. And you have a driver. You have a, a fucking driver. I mean, my God, that's. Uh, <laughs> but almost, you think that's a little thing, but no, that's a huge thing. It's huge, man. I mean, look look up. You know how many bands have almost died on tour from you know sleep deprivation mm-hmm. um it's a real thing man dude it's it's tough um somebody's got to stay sober and <laughs> and that is hard to do on tour buddy mm-hmm. yeah i'm guilty of uh when bands come through town you know i'm guilty myself of enjoying the nightlife shall we say with the band but then i go home yeah. to my comfortable bed and beautiful wife and the the bands they get back on their smell into their smelly van and they're off to the next uh they're off to the long drive to the next city it's it's That's not right. all it's not the glamorous life that people uh make it out to be sometimes no, uh, it's not all cocaine and strippers you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. i'll say this it always starts out the same for me anyway and i've talked to some other guys like this too but i stay pretty healthy at home in terms of my diet and exercise regimen mm-hmm. and the first week of tour is always the same oh i'm gonna work out every day and uh you know eat healthy food and um i'm not gonna party as much and after that first week it's like you start going down the rabbit hole mm-hmm. and no doubts. Uh, dude you can't help it because there's literally nothing to do i mean not, not before a show I'll, I will never partake in anything before right. a show because it's uh, you know, that's what I'm there for. Ultimately, is the performance. Right. But I mean, afterwards, like you kind of can't help it because like there's nothing else to do. I mean, after I, I FaceTime with my family. Uh, I mean, my God, what else, what else am I gonna do? I'm gonna play more guitar. No, <laughs> you know, you're gonna you're gonna drink loud music and that's just the way it is no definitely definitely yeah yeah if all of this going on in the world if all this covidness wasn't happening um what would be going on with nile would you would you guys be on the road right now yeah we were supposed to be on tour uh right now um 
several things have gotten canceled. Uh, Japan, Australia, last this past April was canceled. Some festivals over the summer were canceled. Um, and there was a whole North American tour, seven weeks. Uh, Mexico, Canada, and the U.S. It was a, bit, a big seven-week tour. Um, I would have been on the road right now. And um, I think everything just kind of got pushed back to 2021, okay. basically. Everything is just kind of the same for next year, but who knows? Um, no. There's a lot of uncertainty with a lot of this, uh, so I can't really say what we're going to be doing next. I know that everybody in Nile is kind of uh, working on their own side projects, you know, mm -hmm. and working on music in our spare time. You know, it is what it is. Stay busy. Stay busy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When touring does start again, is would there be any possibility, would you even want to do this? Like maybe doing a little double duty of Imperishable supporting Nile? Oh, man, the strings that would have to be pulled to make that happen. Um, you know, you think about it and you're like, oh, it sounds nice, but... If you want to know the truth, um, night after night, singing death metal in one band for six weeks is hard enough. Mm -hmm. Let alone adding another <laughs> set to that. You know, could I do it? Yeah, I could probably. I could probably hang. My voice could probably hang. But I can't say that every performance is going to be top notch. Mm -hmm. uh, secondly, to that. I think that um, I, I, I wouldn't want to do that um, just because of, you know, then it would look like it's I'm trying to make it my show or something. And it's not like that. Like, right. I'm, I'm on tour with Nile and, uh, you know, I'm not the head honcho, you know, mm -hmm. and not to say that, you know, uh, that I'm a piss on or anything like that. I mean, it, it, playing in the band is, um, you know, a, a kind of a brotherly thing. But um, to take on another band and bring it on tour, it would it would be a little weird. Um, I don't think that any of us would do that, and I, I don't think that most people would do that. Um, just because when you go on tour with a band, it's about that band, right? You know, it's not. Uh, necessarily it, I, I don't know if that makes any sense it does it now, does it does now maybe opening up in your hometown um might be a little different you know because that's one show right and, uh i think that that would probably be okay but otherwise nah it, I, I yeah i don't see anybody doing that shit <laughs> fair enough fair enough and finally, I'll let you get on with your Saturday afternoon here. But I'm I'm a big pro wrestling fan as well. I do I do a I do a, uh, I do a, an, a radio show podcast for that too. And I know what comes out of the Carolinas. Okay, <laughs> are you uh, were you ever into the pro wrestling? Are you have you been? Were any of your favorites? <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. I'm going to say this. To, all right. To answer your question, no, okay. I was not. 
But I will tell this story. All right, I. <laughs> I told my wife this story. This was before we met. This was probably. This was in MySpace days. Okay. <laughs> okay. I had uh, like met this girl on MySpace or whatever, and we, you know, it sent some messages. It was like, hey, let's go out on a date. Okay, cool. So she lived maybe like 15, 20 minutes from where I was, and I showed up to uh, pick her up, and she was a nice, a, a nice Southern girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, I walked in, and it was. Uh, it was a Monday, I think. I, I want to say a Monday, maybe a Thursday. I'm not sure which night of the week wrestling's really big. But I watched in. I walked in, and her whole family was watching wrestling. Okay. And it, so, okay, and I had to, before we left to go on the date, I had to finish watching it with them. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so our first date uh I think that was our only date, actually. I think that was our one and only date. I had to watch Monday Night Wrestling with her or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so, so wrestling is kind of big in South Carolina. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to share that story on my other show. <laughs> that give you a, a little extra press. I don't remember much about uh, the episode, who was wrestling or whatever, because I was just so, like, in awe of the situation. Like, I wonder if this happens in other states, you know. Yeah, you can, you can take my daughter out, but, you know, only if uh, only if Goldberg wins this match or whatever, you know. Okay. That's the perfect way to finish this up. Thank you. So much, so much. That was great. No doubt, no doubt. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. There are only three good things you need in life. Sex, beer, and pure rock.
song and of course the obvious thing would have been to have just done the last Nile record on that Mr. Kingsland was on but you know what I thought you know like I don't know what it's been like on this show lately more than ever all this talk of the pen bangers and the demos and all of that good stuff it just got me thinking you know what let's go back to deep, deep into Niles' back catalog from the 1994 self-titled demo that was Worship the Animal. And of course, once again, thank you to Mr. Kingsland for taking time out of his schedule to sit and talk about all things to do with his band. And I managed to get a little bit of talk about some pro wrestling in there as well, <laughs> I gotta say, that's great, and we had a really good chance, so when you get a chance, imperishable, good stuff, good stuff. Dude, are you familiar with Cameo at all? I am now that you've told me about it. Okay, okay, well, speaking of the wonderful world of pro wrestling, the whole cameo thing kind of came my came to my attention because of that some of the pro wrestlers right now are you know using it 
kind of as a way to supplement their income, you know, because there's there's really no what we call house shows. Okay, in in the music world, house shows are bands playing in some guy's basement. Okay, a house show in pro wrestling, though, is a match at the arena or the venue or whatever that's not being televised. It's just a house show. There's obviously no house shows going on. So that's kind of, you know, that's the wrestler's income is kind of taking a hit, a hit. Oh, hell yeah. There's no shows. There's no, there's, there's, there's no one touring. No, no one's making any money off of merch because, I mean, no you know, one's going to the movies. You no know, one's like, doing anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> like anywhere that requires people to be close together is just shut down. It's just not happening. It's just not happening. So, Artists are kind of making, uh, thinking of other ways of maybe supplementing their income through their art. Thus, the whole cameo thing is now in play. And what what cameo is, is where for a fee, and each artist kind of, they kind of give their own fee, what they figure they're worth and what the market demands and all that for a fee. They will send a video greeting, a personalized video greeting to, you know, whoever pays for it, to their fans. Okay, it's, 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 it's like, okay, the days of signing a band picture or something, except, and you personalize it, you know, hey, Mikey, rock on, signed Band X, you know. Now, though, it's like, you can get an actual video of your favorite band. Hey, dude, rock on, you know. Hey, Bobby, rock on. I hear you're a real kick-ass guy and your band's doing great. Well, hopefully one day you'll tour with us, blah, blah, blah. Okay. It seems like a really cool thing. Okay. Until you kind of like, oh, this kind of costs money. Yeah, a lot. Though. And, yeah, some of them can be quite pricey. Yeah. Some of them seem like they're pretty good prices and all that. But for me personally, because, okay, like, the, you and I, okay, this is, we're kind of off off the market when it, it comes to this. Because, like, we, this is what we do with yeah. this show. You know, we're not just getting we're not getting autographs and you know we're not just meeting bands at the merch booth or you know buying VIPs or whatnot we're talking to bands we're interviewing them we're backstage we're on the tour bus we're doing what we do to make this show as kick-ass as possible okay so this the whole cameo thing for me personally to pay you know just for them to say hey snowy like Nice to talk to you again. Eh, I don't know. I don't know. Now, for me, what would really work is not so much cameo, but if they agreed to like a person-to-person -person Skype call. Oh, that'd if, be cool. If cameo was to do that, and then I said, okay, I'll pay for band X, but I have to press record. And our little interaction here on Skype, okay, that has to be on radioactive metal, and you have to agree to it. That's the only, See, really, the only cool. way. Yeah, that's so, really the only way I would do this. 
All right, I, I'm going through this catalog now, and I'm all over the place. So, Snowy, do you realize that you could have John from Chips, you know, Ponch and John, you know, send you a personalized message for just forty dollars? <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, yeah, I don't need that. And I would do this one for my mom for Christmas, but Jamie Farr Clinger from Mash for one hundred twenty-five bucks. Uh, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that would be worth it for my mom's like birthday or something. You know, that's 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 what this is actually for. Okay, like one of this this came to my attention through 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 the wrestling world as other podcasts were talking about the Undertaker. Okay, even you know who the Undertaker is. Yes, uh, obviously. Okay, where he's like the, the dead man and all that. Well, his cameo for fans is a thousand dollars. Looking it up right now. For like a minute of the Undertaker, just so say, what's his name? Because I don't, is Undertaker one word or two? He's not coming up. It sh- it should be just one. The Undertaker. Okay. Now Mick Foley's coming up for ninety bucks. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm not seeing the Undertaker. You're not seeing the Undertaker. Okay. Well, it's there because right now. Oh, you his... have to search the Undertaker. Yeah. Okay. See, oh. I, I I just have the metal ones here. He's so. not currently available either. He's currently not doing it. Oh, okay. Well, maybe that's why it was so hard. But you 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 go on YouTube, you know, and you 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 do a search, and his his cameos have appeared. I was watching one today, and it's hilarious. A thousand bucks for you know the Undertaker to go. Oh, hey, Jeremy. I hear it's your birthday. Your mom said this, that, and another thing. A thousand bucks. Must that's, be nice to have rich parents that would do that. But that just feels like, uh, like I'm. I feel like I'm stretching it at 125 bucks for Jamie Farr, and you know Jamie Farr is a national treasure as far as I'm concerned. Um, like I honestly think that Mash should be training videos for anybody who wants to enter into the service, into leadership, or to the priesthood. Like I feel like, like that just shows you how to be. But anyway, um, like a thousand dollars, man. That's like, crazy. No. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I could win a, the sixty million dollar lottery tomorrow, and I don't know. It, it would have to be really like no like like I said they would it, it would have to be you know I'll buy I'll I'll trade you I'll trade you an interview for your cameo that's, if you hit the sixty million dollar lottery you could just hire him to come to your house <laughs> ultimately yeah 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 so go go to the metal section oh I'm here okay go in with all all in metal the first one will be Chris Barnes. Okay, do you see it? Um. Well, oh yeah, yeah, the all in metal, yeah, yeah, Chris Barnes. Because yeah. I was looking at the featured. Because Gary Holt's twenty five bucks. I'm like, that feels really reasonable. It is. It is. So now I'm thinking. Okay, say we're we're fans. We're, we are which, fans. Which which we are. We're huge fans. But no radioactive metal. No nothing and all that. Okay, and this is something that we would actually think about doing i want to go through some of these and just kind of you know who who we would pay for and what etc so, et and you might as well start with 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 chris barnes here all right so chris barnes i mean i feel like 40 bucks is probably reasonable for chris barnes 
Considering, yeah, he was Cannibal Corpse for the first three, yeah. three, three uh, records. Yeah, yeah. And that yeah. first Cannibal is, you know, will have a special place for us. Um, yeah, yeah, that's not bad. That's yeah, not... I feel like that makes sense. Yeah, 50 bucks for Max Cavalera. See, I feel like that's pushing it. I feel like 40 is is a good price for probably most of the metal guys that we listen to. Like, I mean, I, I think we know I love Anthrax. Charlie Bonate is a god among drummers as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. But I feel like 60 bucks is pricey for him. It is. Like, it is I, like 40, 40 tops for him. Like, I, I think I'd be happier paying 30 there. But then, Especially like, over here with Gary Holt, twenty five uh, bucks. Yeah, twenty five bucks for Gary Holt. I'm like, that's reasonable. I'm like, I like, I do that for somebody's birthday. Like, mm-hmm. did you see Ricky Rackman for fifty dollars? Like, he should be ten. <laughs> you know, and nothing against yeah. Ricky. He's got great stories, but just like but you know, he's a not while. a fifty dollar greeting. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, like yeah, Sean yeah. Drover, Megadeth drummer, is twenty nine. Former Megadeth drummer, twenty nine dollars. Like. That's reasonable. I'm like, yeah, that'd be worth it for um, something from him, right? Right. And but of course, Gunner Gunner Nelson at fifty bucks. Like, what about your brother? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's okay. No one needs fucking anything from Hanson's. No Nelson. Uh, or Nelson. N- Nelson. Not, not Hanson. Oh, right oh, wait, oh Matthew God. Nelson is here. Gunners, they're totally nowhere near each other. That's hysterical. All right. Well, How do you feel about a hundred dollars for Marky Ramon? Uh, okay. See, I I was also thinking some of these might be yeah, but then again, we're saying if radioactive metal doesn't exist, because right. some of this might be worth it if we could at least get them to say, "Hi, I'm Marky Ramon, and you're listening to radioactive metal," and then give us the greeting or whatever that mm, that's got me thinking okay being a being a ramones fan uh, that would be a hell of a gift and i think he's like the only ramon still with us oh he is he is the last so. last ramon standing at this point well him and cj um right right yeah but yeah man like um i don't know like i i feel like that's a 50 dollar for me yeah, and it w- it would definitely be a hell of a gift. Yeah, for someone. Yeah, that's that's also we might not see this as a you know very important and all that, but to a gift to a fan. Like I I've met Sean Drover. I hung out with the guy. Yeah, you know, he, and he's he is every bit like you. You would think, oh, he's this multi platinum artist he toured the world with megadeth he played fucking yankee stadium you wouldn't know it though because he came up to me and he said oh yeah right on yeah we're gonna chat yeah can we do it now like right on and it's like holy shit and then he just we hung out and all that and he was just he was a hell of a guy 30 bucks that's actually pretty good and that's not surprising for him, yeah, he's yeah, he's just a cool dude, right? right. Um, I mean, heck, you could talk to Beefcake the Mighty for forty dollars, <laughs> right? And yeah, I, yeah. Like, I all the Guar guys seem to be priced around forty dollars. They must have like price locked themselves in or something. But like Tommy Lee for four hundred, like okay, I'll pay I, sixty for Charlie uh, before I pay four hundred for Tommy Lee. Yeah, you're on the next page here. Oh, sorry, okay. I'm, I'm just excited. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Be beefcake, 40. 200 for Doro Pesh. Wow. Yeah. That is a lot. That's just, just for her to say, hey, Snowy, happy birthday. Or so for her, Ugh. I can understand. And and here's why I say it, right? So I like I think Rock interviewed her for the show. Did you interview yes. her as well? Not yet. No. Okay. So Rock interviewed her, John interviewed her, and when you hear her interview, like like you you've noticed how she talks, right? Mm-hmm. Like she always talks in a very, very hushed voice, like because she's always trying to protect her voice. Right. Um, and, you know, she's all like like it's it's almost like a whisper that she talks in. So $220 for her to do that, like, because, I mean, she takes such great care of her voice and she's so serious about it. Like, that honestly makes sense. I mean, I'm not going to pay it, but I, no. I understand the pricing behind that because she wants somebody to really want it if she's going to do that kind of thing and use her voice. So I get it. Especially if she's got, like, a whole bunch of them. Oh, yeah. But if you if you're if you're only get getting one of them a week or whatever, then yeah, I don't know. John five, two hundred bucks for uh, Marilyn Manson. See, I guess he was also with Rob Zombie as well. Yeah, but I mean, like, is he a two hundred dollar guest? Uh, you know, like no, I wouldn't pay it. I I, I love him to pieces, but I mean, Scott Ian for seventy five. Yeah, that's weird. That's yeah, that would definitely be more. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there it is. Tommy Lee, four hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frank Bello, twenty five bucks. Shit, I spoke to him this year. I I spoke to him yeah. a while ago. Yeah, he was a blast he was... too. Oh, for sure, dude. He's and a, and you know, it's funny. Guy. Like, I don't know if I've ever told the story in the air, but so when I was moving down to Tennessee back in like two thousand three. Right. Um, one of the guys I worked with at the time, you know, he's like the only other metalhead I knew at work and he was going to go see Anthrax. And I wanted to see the show. So he goes to the show. He hangs out out back and hangs out by the bus and he gets um, Frankie. And he's like, Frankie, Frankie, come on, man. You got to say hi to my, my, my buddy Aaron for me. So he puts Frank Bellow on. And he's like, hey, Aaron. He's like, I don't know why he asked me to do this, but he really wants to come out to you right now. Like he's totally in love with you. He wants to date you. Like it's I, and I, I don't know if I still have it recorded somewhere. I do. I had that voicemail. I like, I saved it for years and I would listen to it every so often just to crack up. Cause it's just well, like, what a fun guy. What a funny guy. And so, I mean, for 25 bucks, that's probably the kind of message you're going to get. And like, it's, it's absolutely worth that. You know? Uh huh. Yeah. He's See that's dude. that's that's another thing. We could probably whatever we were to pay, and if we can get them to pers to to personalize it to radioactive metal, ah, it might some of this might actually be worth it. But do you want to drop two hundred bucks for D Snyder to put radioactive metal over though? As much as I love D Snyder, no, 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 and I, I love D Snyder, like love D Snyder, but nope. Mm-hmm. JJ French, seventy-five bucks. From nope. Twisted Sister. No, that's uh, a little much. He's an important guitarist, but he's not that great. Yeah. When you go you down know. the list here, uh, and, and I don't mean that negatively. I just like me in the grand scheme of things, like he he's insanely important to Twisted Sister into the songwriting. But just like if you look at like guitar players that have 
you know, like I I would have probably paid two hundred bucks for Chuck Berry, you know, had he still been alive. Right. Um, but like Chuck Berry is really the reason we're here, you know. Like mm-hmm. he's he's one of the guys that helped start it and everybody else just picked up the mantle and ran. Definitely one of the more influential ones. Yeah. Are you were you did you ever get into seven dust at all? Like there's there's no, still I saw that. there's there's they're still doing it. We've had Morgan Rose on the show i remember talking to him a couple years back that was actually pretty cool seven dust they're still doing it they just put out a new record this year 70 bucks for morgan rose 75 for lejon witherspoon Mm. yeah now that's yeah yeah. you gotta go to the next uh, next next page because paul bostaff 35 bucks. Paul Bostaff, where are we? He's like third or, third or fourth row down on the far right. Oh, fourth down. Four, yeah, four rows down, far right. No, I'm not. Uh, maybe our computers are synced. He, uh, my computer is in the same, um, same row as Vince Neal. Oh, okay. Okay, I see Vince Neil. I don't see Paul. oh oh Paul Bostuff. Okay, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. He's just yeah. We're it's it's not thirty five bucks. That's actually pretty damn good. Hell yeah. I mean, yeah. heck, you can talk to David Silvera of Corn for thirty, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we should have got every everyone listening. We we should have done this like a watch along. We really should have or something. Yeah. Ah. So. Ah. Yeah. What about Carla Harvey for thirty five bucks? Like I pay thirty five bucks for her to say seductive things to you. Um. Yeah, she wants to say some really nice, nice things. Shall we say? Like, that I wonder what the guidelines are. Like, how dirty can we get? Because I mean, like, you know, and if anyone's thinking you're a pig, you'd have a woman say that. I'm like, I'd have a guy say that to Snowy. Apparently, you know, like you haven't been listening to this show long enough to understand <laughs> right. my right. my sense of humor. You know, because I've I've already asked people to send him naked pictures. Um, right. <laughs> you know, basically, I've asked people to send pictures of dicks. So, like, if this is the first episode you're listening to, like, you really don't get my sense of humor. Yeah, like, you, yeah, you have to do some catching. Right, right beside Carla is Brittany Slays from Unleash the Archer. Okay. okay. Oh I, yeah, yeah. There she is. Yeah, well, we've had her on the show. I've spoke to her. Like, yeah. you know, yeah, at the venue, fifty bucks. Oh, I love her to death, but. Oh, I, I to for for Carla Harvey to be thirty five yeah. and Slays to be fifty. That just feels like, if anything, it should be reversed. All right. So, what about this Mar Marce? I can't pronounce it, but the guitarist from X Hoarder for twenty bucks. Well, nineteen. That's actually pretty damn good. Oh, that's what I thought. If, I mean, especially if, for if this show. If you're a big Exhorter fan, I saw Kyle Thomas on the last page was doing it, the vocalist as well. Um, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Now, like ex- ex- Exhorter. Yeah. Right on. I, I love this guy, but I'm not sure if he makes sense to be in this one. But Jose Mangan from um, Liquid Metal. Oh, right. He's like forty nine dollars. Fifty bucks. That's yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. See, he doesn't like Sirius XM. That means nothing to me. Yeah, it, dude, he's he's a badass. He's great. He's been at Nam shows. He's been hosting the Dean booth. Like, I've followed his stuff and I love him to pieces. But like, twenty bucks. Okay. Yeah. Twenty for Jose. You know. But yeah. like going back to like seductive things, like I would totally pay um, pay for Frank Bello to say seductive things to you. Like I think it'd be like I think it'd be hysterical. <laughs> you know. Yeah. 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 Next page. All right. Page four. Oh, oh, we're yeah. That's pretty, we're that, at the end there. This this is pretty much it. I don't even recognize these people. No, no, no. Ah, appear in the new in metal though. Steve, did we say Stephen Piercy, no, one hundred and twenty-five bucks? Oh yeah, we didn't. I don't know if we talked about him, but I just saw Steve Zetro Sousa for twenty-five up in the featured. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was definitely that's uh, really reasonable. Yeah, yeah, he's not the first. It's not Paul. But Boloff, obviously. But... Oh, but he's dead, man. Like, yeah, like, that'd yeah, be like obviously. you know. That's what <laughs> complaining like Eddie Van Halen's not here. You yeah, know, yeah, that's it, that's it. like, damn it! I really wish I could talk to Dimebag Daryl. You know. Yeah, yeah. So twenty five bucks for Exodus for the vocal, the one of the original vocalists for Exodus. Oh no, he's he's back singing. For yeah, Exodus. he is. Yeah. And he's on like like Fabulous Disaster is one of my favorite records. So like, okay. I I could be talking to that one. Mm-hmm. All right. I could go for that. And finally, Michael Starr, the singer of Steel Panther, two hundred bucks. Yeah, that's 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 yeah. outrageous. Yeah, sorry, dude. But I mean, yeah. like for twenty five bucks, I'd have him say things like "Pussy Melter." Well, actually, I guess that's really the guitarist. <laughs> uh, but I like I would I'd pay like like. I'd probably pay 10 bucks to just have them repeat Pussy Melter over and over for like the time that whatever the time is, you know, like if it's 30 seconds, because mm. I just think that'd be funny, you know? And again, if you're misconstruing this and think that I'm a pig, really, you're not getting my sense of humor. You've never listened to this show before. Chill out. Yeah. <laughs> now, Snowman, I have found somebody else on here that I think you might find worth the money. So it's okay. $100. Right? All right. And it's for Scream Queen, Lene Quigley. Oh, hell yeah. Hell 100 yeah. bucks. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm, oh, God. I don't know if Mrs. Snowy would really go, would really go for that. But she's one of my all time favorites. I didn't even know she was on here. I didn't even think, because I'm focusing on the metal oh, yeah. know, for, for the show. I haven't really done a deep dive into all this, but no, big fan of Lene Quigley. We, we went, we flew to Toronto, okay, just for a Fangoria convention like 30 years ago, right, before our daughter came along, um, just so I can go to this convention and meet her. And we had a fantastic time. We actually met Quigley, and at the time she was married to uh, FX artist Steve Johnson. Oh, nice. They, they, they met on the set of uh, Night of the Demons. Okay, so... We actually hung out with Linnea and Steve in the hotel lobby. Okay, the funny thing about that, as big as a fan that I am of Quigley, spent I spent more time talking to Steve just about horror movies and doing the effects and all that. And Mrs. Snowy and Linnea, they had some girl time, you know, yapping 
<laughs> you, Aww, you know, about, nice. yeah, it was actually, it was actually really cool. Yeah, all, right. all that stuff. A hundred bucks. All right, all right. I, now we're I gonna have... now we're gonna play a game. I want to know. Oh, okay. I want to know what you would pay for like these different people. I'm gonna read off to you. Okay. All right. So let's see here. Um, Scout Compton from Halloween. Uh, Twenty bucks. 75 is what she's asking. Oh, okay. All right. Let's see here. Um, oh, no, never mind. How about... And the problem is I don't recognize enough of these people. Okay. Um, I might have to go back to the first page here. <laughs> okay. What about for Andrew... Brynarski, he was an actor in the Chainsaw Massacre. Probably the remake. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't ring. It doesn't seem like an original. So I wouldn't be too worried about it. 20 bucks. All right, he was 200. Yeah, I don't think so. What about speaking to the Crypt Keeper, John Cassier? Oh, okay. Is it the man or the puppet? Well, it's the man who's the voice of the puppet, so I would I'm assuming he would probably be willing to do that character for you. Yeah, but I I don't want to talk to the guy using the voice. I want like Oh, I see what you're saying. Like I, you're I saying. would I would pay 50 bucks for the crypt keeper. Okay. You know, to wish me a happy birthday or whatever. But okay, this is all uh, so, someone like the crypt keeper I wouldn't want. I would want him to put the show over. Okay. You know, this is the Crypt Keeper, and you're listening to Radioactive Metal. Ah, you know, okay. uh, obviously my Crypt Keeper sucks. Oh, so it looks like he does use some sort of Crypt Keeper puppet mask kind of thing when he does. Okay, it. then fifty bucks if he does a stinger for the show. All right. Well, it's it's seventy bucks, so we're we're getting closer though. All right, I'll All do right, seventy. Now. How about if you could speak to the Candyman, Tony Todd? Um, I'll do fifty because he's been in so many other awesome movies, not just the Candyman. All right, he's a hundred bucks. Okay. All right, now, so this one, I think we might be hitting a lot of things for you. Uh, Tyler Maine, pro wrestler, and in um. Uh, he was one of the X-Men, right? Yeah, he was Sab- Sabretooth. Yeah, Sabretooth. Yeah. And he was Michael Myers in the zombie movies. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay, once again, Stinger for the show, 50 bucks. 100 bucks. Yeah, okay. Uh, they have Alice Cooper's in the horror category. I think this is great. Yeah. He's 300. Yeah, he's like 300. Yeah. Oh, shit. I would pay 100 but it would have to be a conversation and I would have, to, and it would be, it would have to be an interview for the show. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Pardon me on that one. Um, this is crazy. Like they haven't broken up by like movie categories. Like you can look at star Wars, Lord of the Rings, oh. directors and producers. Let's see who's under directors here. Uh Oh, um, <laughs> Yeah, once you start getting into the horror directors, this is where I might 
start to get a little weak. That's what I'm wondering here, but I'm not, I like, again, I, I don't know the directors the way that you do. So I'm probably not doing a great job with it. Yeah. There's nobody's even jumping out to me that I would mention to you. So let's go back here. Uh, Oh, I'm like, what's a rom-com, right? Romantic comedies. Yeah. Yeah. Or chick flick. Right. Um, let's see here. There, I'm looking for one more category that would be interesting for us. Well, you know what? Hang on. So let's 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 go look at all the wrestlers, shall we? <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, I want to do this on on wrestling night in Canada with my boys over oh, there. Oh, you have too. to. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. So pro wrestlers. Mick Foley, ninety bucks. Uh for him to say, you know, mm, you know, this is wrestling night in Canada. Uh, uh, maybe if the three of us threw thirty bucks in each. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about for? I'm trying to find like ones that I recognize. This is how far I'm out of this here. Um. Wow, I really don't recognize anybody anymore. I'm really, really out of touch here. Um, okay, let's see. Pro wrestlers. Yeah, you you really need to be looking at this because you'll know more than me. Okay, all in pro wrestlers. Okay, you said Mick Foley. Yeah. Bret Hart, hundred and fifty bucks. Nasty uh, now. That's that's an awful lot. To, oh. to, okay, Tom Tommy Dreamer, forty five yeah. bucks. I want to have Tommy Dreamer on wrestling on. On radioactive metal, okay. Not only is he a yeah. legendary pro wrestler, he used to be a bouncer when he was younger um, at CBGBs. Really? Oh yeah, yeah we gotta get him so on the show. We gotta have Tommy Dreamer. Oh, yeah. on. All right. Yeah. What about Jessica Havoc for thirty bucks? Um, yeah, yeah, and I I think she's a legit metalhead as well. All right. How much are you willing to pay for Ric Flair? Oh, wow. He's less than The Undertaker, I'll tell you that. Uh, for Okay, for for him, for me to spend a lot, I would have to buy a lot of flowers and a lot of coffee. <laughs> no, yeah, but then again, no, no, Mrs. Snowy might understand the importance of having... Rick Flair on oh. just, just just for a greeting, I would pay a hundred bucks. Okay, he's five hundred. Oh God! Yeah, I, it's still better than the Undertaker. Yeah, but, but yeah, that's pricey. Hey, what, wait, what page are you on? I was on page five or six, but again, I don't know these like you do, oh, so I'm jumping I'm around. On, I'm on page one. Yeah. Still okay. Yeah, and then I, I'm I'm out because that's like the last person I recognize. Okay, well, here, I'm going to just go through some people that might be relevant to the show, and then okay. we're going to, because I'm, I'm, I want to introduce this awesome, couple awesome tunes here to our listeners. Um, Darby Allen, he's an AEW wrestler. He's, uh, he's a legit metalhead. We had his now ex-wife Priscilla Kelly on the show a couple years back. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's he's a skateboarder and a legit metalhead and all that. They're asking eighty five bucks. 
he would have to he would have to put the show over yeah i would do that i would do that uh what else who else have we got here warhorse okay 20 bucks okay you know what i think i'm gonna do that and 20 bucks for warhorse warhorse i want to get warhorse on the show he's a legit metalhead yeah i would pay that who else is a legit metalhead leva bates she's a female pro wrestler on aew our former co-host rock okay they worked together at a comic book shop before oh well, yeah yeah before leave leave leva took off oh these wonderful nerds yeah oh for sure for sure um who else here is a legit metalhead oh my god magnum t magnum ta 40 bucks okay i i i would pay that for sure the magnum ta wow okay uh who else who else who else who's a legit metalhead yeah, i'm going through baron von raschke 130 bucks wow Okay. Andy Williams, 40 bucks. He's also, he's uh, the butcher uh, at, on AEW. He's also the guitarist for Every Time I Die. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We should, we should have him on just, okay, for, for a situation like with Andy Williams. Yeah. Like and we talked about Shellac last episode with Andy Williams with Tommy Dreamer. What we would probably do is press record, do an interview with Radioactive Metal, stop, have a coffee, have a drink or whatever. Press record again and do another interview with uh, for Wrestling Night in Canada. Forty bucks for that. That's kind of steep just for him to, you know. Uh, there's Jessica Havoc, um, thirty bucks. Uh, that's not bad. That's not bad. Teal Piper, that's uh, Rowdy Roddy's daughter. Rock on. Yeah, yeah. Rob Van Dam, okay, from he's the ECW legend. He's a legit metalhead as well. A hundred bucks. Oh, that's a little steep. I don't know. I don't know. Jerry Lawler is only asking 75 bucks. That's not bad for him. Okay. That seems to be... How about 80 bucks for Kevin Sorbo, Mr. Hercules himself? Um, We've actually met him. We've done doing the uh, convention thing and all that and that's just for mrs snowy and she was just she loved hercules the tv show and xena and all that and like oh, she was too. just she like you think i'm kind of like when i'm near you know one of the hot girls from you know doing interviews and all that where you're kind of like and then you kind of got to get your shit together okay well listen he's she, he's a lot of man I mean, he is. That's he is. that's a he, he's a tall, well built, very chiseled Greek god like man. All she could say to him was, "You're tall," <laughs> <laughs> you know. And she's she's only five foot. Oh yeah, you yeah, know. So yeah, yeah, like 
he just he just but he he was a really good guy. It was it was nice meeting him. It was the same thing with um James Marsters from Buffy. He played Spike. <gasps> oh dude, I love yeah. Spike. Yeah, both my wife and daughter just totally marked out over meeting him and oh, he too. was really cool. Like he I wasn't even paying to speak to him and he still said hi and shook my hand and thanked me That's for coming awesome, and all man. that. He didn't have to do that. Yeah. No, because no, he could just sneak into your room and bite your neck at night. that's right that's right that's right so that that is the wonderful world of cameo it's like uh, uh, (laughs) i don't know some of this stuff i i I think talking about this okay is actually more entertaining than just a lot of just participating it really is like just saying like well what would i pay for that you know Mm -hmm. <laughs> definitely, definitely. What was really entertaining was our chat uh, a couple months ago. You had the honor of talking to one Mr. Scott Pingle. Oh yeah, that was so good from the San Francisco Orchestra because they were doing S and M two Metallica and the and the orchestra and well doing it again. Sort of, kind of. I want to introduce our listeners to Death Orchestra. Now, what Death Orchestra is, is um, in St. Petersburg, Russia. Okay, it's kind of the same idea. The death metal band Buicide has teamed up, okay, with the Olympic Symphony Orchestra to create Death orchestra which is um the idea is taking some classic songs from the death metal band death and giving it the whole orchestra treatment you know much in the same way their 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 record symphony of death is set to drop this came across my desk and it's like oh, wow this is actually uh this is really cool. This is one of those things that I never, ever, in a million years. Okay, think back when you first bought Kill 'Em All. There is no way that you thought this is going to be one of the biggest bands in the world. Oh, yeah. There's no way that you would have thought back. Think back, okay, maybe, I don't, I, I don't know how, how far back you go with death, but... Buying the first record, Scream Bloody Gore, maybe Leprosy or whatever. Would you ever would have thought, okay, that death, Chuck Schulander's death, would some someday, you know, 30 years later, get the orchestra treatment? Nope. No way. <laughs> There's no way that I would have thought of that. But um, it happened. It happened. And it's like, wow, this... This is really cool. So I want to get into some tunes, drop a death orchestra song. But before we do that, today, dude, as we speak, okay, is December 4th, okay? Today in music history is kind of famous, infamous, maybe. You're familiar with the song Smoke on the Water by Deep Purple. Yes. Obviously. Yeah, it's pretty much this the first thing you learn to play as you pick up a guitar in the (laughs) eighties. Everyone. Yeah. I had so many friends 
okay, they all wanted to be guitarists. They all wanted to be the next Eddie. They all wanted to be the next the next Ingve. And I don't know how many bedrooms that I heard. <laughs> heard it all the time. Great song. Great stuff. That is based on that song. The lyrics, of course, is based on a true story. Okay. Um, an actual fire, an actual smoke on the water at a casino in uh, Montreux, Switzerland. Frank Zappa at this casino was playing, and it was a, you know, the casino was just off the shore on the water. Okay. And Zappa was doing this show. Deep Purple was the support act. This was 1971. Okay, we were probably in Mach 1, Mach 2 of Deep Purple. Machine Head hadn't come out. They hadn't really, you know, blown up at that moment. Yeah. Okay, so they, they, they were kind of the support act. Okay. Um, the idea behind Smoke on the Water started because there was a fire at said casino. Okay, as Frank Zappa's set was dying down, some brainiac, okay, in the audience decided he was going to fire off a flare gun indoors, causing a fire. Okay, and the band, Deep Purple, from their hotel room, could see the smoke billowing, you know, from the casino, from their hotel window. Thus, you know, the inspiration behind one of the greatest metal hard rock songs of all time. And of course, you know, years later, there would be something similar. Okay, fortunately, in 1971, there were no casualties. That's good news. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Zappa, who was on stage, he kept his shit together. He said, can everyone please, in a calm, orderly fashion or whatnot, please, you know, make your way to the exit. It could have gotten ugly, like I'm talking great white ugly in the early 90s in Rhode Island, which killed oh, yeah. 100 people, you know, and, you know, and I'm not going to rehash that. We've had Mr. Russell on the show. We'd like to have him on again, so we're not going to, to rehash that, but it could have gotten ugly back then. Not, fortunately... It did not. And I was reminded today that December 4th was the anniversary of that rather infamous show. So I just kind of thought I would throw that out there. And um, actually, I found I found the audio. Found the audio. No way. Yeah, yeah, to uh, Mr. Zappa. Being Mr. Calm and collected and, you know. And the rest is musical history. Um, but let's get into some tunage here. Death Orchestra from that Symphony of Death. And when they said they were doing this song, dude, I marked right out. This is Pull the Plug. <laughs>
calmly go towards the exit, ladies and gentlemen.
So since we had some uh, death, you know, for the more um, classically musically inclined, let's uh, do do a band that no doubt, you know, a more modern death metal sound who I'm sure had more than one death record in their collection. That was Undeath from their record Lesions of a different kind and entranced by the pendulum available now with the good folks at prosthetic that undeath they're making their way through the underground pretty good they're uh they're making a lot of headway and uh good on them good on them great band they deserve all of the success that they can get which takes us to tonight's Indie Spotlight. We're always on the lookout for fresh new talent. Check out this Indie Spotlight. Okay, to Utah's Death Blow. Okay, 1988 called. They want their sound back. <laughs> okay, but, yeah, but dudes, don't you dare give it up because it sounds awesome. I want to say hello and horns up and introduce the world to Utah's Death Blow when their new record, Insect Politics, came across my desk. I like okay, all right. Deathblow heard that name before. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let let's give a listen. Oh my god! Oh my god! This is fantastic stuff. Good old school late '80s thrash sound, dude. You could take this band with the name, the sound, everything, drop it right into 1988. And it would fit like a glove. Fantastic stuff. So we are going to get to a death blow tune from their Insect Politics EP. This is Utah's Death Blow.
Metal, there is a Utah. That is Death Blow from the aforementioned Insect of Politics with Accelerated Decrepitude. Great stuff, great stuff. Facebook.com slash Death Blow Official. Took me back to my teens. Took me back to my teens. And I would definitely... Okay, I would drop 20 bucks for Death Blow on Cameo. Just putting it out there. It's good to know. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, my friend, um, we survived another week. Barely. I certainly hope that we managed to entertain the masses. Um, all things considered, how can uh, people get a hold of us? Well, dear listeners, check us out. Facebook.com slash RadMetal. On Instagram, at RadMetal666. Same for the Twitter. You can drop us a line, RadMetal666 at gmail.com. You can hear us first every Thursday night purerockradio.net you can check us out on the Shining Wizards Network shiningwizardsnetwork.com not only can you hear us there but you will hear the Wrestling Night in Canada podcast that we've talked to that Snowy also works on and we are on Spotify thanks to the Shining Wizards Network so if you look up the Shining Wizards Network you can listen to us on Spotify so please do that because we're there because of them and we just love those guys. Um, I feel like I've hit everybody this time, and it was, seemed way too easy. So who did I miss? I think I think that's everything. Of course, you're cool. Uncle Snowy does want to contact, does, does want to communicate with all of our listeners through the old-fashioned way with the old snail mail like we did back in the 80s. Once again, horns up and a load of death blow. Um, back then, you know, was the old pen bangers section, the back of Metal Forces magazine, and then later on, Metal Maniacs kind of did the same thing where, you know, we would trade addresses, send each other snail mails and live tapes and demo tapes and mixtapes, and it's just, it was just a beautiful thing. I love doing that to, to, uh, to this day. So if you want to do that with your cool Uncle Snowy, by all means, get a hold of us through any of our socials. We will exchange addresses. And I will say right now, you set us up with, uh, with you know, a demo tape of your buddy's band and all that. Because you did that the old-fashioned way of the demo tape, 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 demo tape trading days. We will move that band to the top of the list for our indie spotlight because that's just the way we roll. Before we get on out of here, um, at the top of the hop, we had all those tragedies within the music world. There were a couple other tragedies in the uh, entertainment world as well. Um and one of them definitely being we lost one David Prowse. He uh, oh, no Star way. Wars fame. Totally yeah. this week. Yes, yes. David Prowse. He is the man behind the mask in the original Star Wars trilogy as Darth Vader. 
And speaking of cameo and all that good stuff, I will never forget meeting Mr. Prouse at the conventions and all that. And we had a we had a really good chat. And it's just it's just one of those conversations. Okay, when you meet someone, okay, where you kind of straighten up a little. Oh, yeah. You kind of, you, you, you know, you you don't slouch, you don't swear, you kind of straighten up a bit. Yes, sir. No, sir. That was me speaking to Mr. David Prowse and all that. And we lost that gentleman. So I thought we would go out on a tune befitting that. Let's go. And considering they're from North Carolina as well, let's go with the first song side one from the debut record self-titled debut record from bloody hammers let's go with witch of endor for mr price in the meantime and in between time that's it this has been a king of the hill episode of radioactive metal i'm snowy white and this is aaron signing off Let's